This is Retail Retold, the story of how that store ended up in your neighborhood. I'm your host, Chris Ressa, and I invite you to join my conversation with some of the retail industry's biggest influencers. This podcast is brought to you by DLC Management. Welcome to Retail Retold, everyone. Today I'm with Sanjeev Chahada. Sanjeev is an architect who spends a lot of time uh, drawing and designing uh, retail real estate across the United States. He's done a lot of work for DLC, and I think you're going to find him really interesting and thought-provoking. He is the CEO and founder of Chahada Associates based in Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Sanjeev. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It gives me the opportunity to correct you once in a while. <laughs> Um, so what's the first correction? Go ahead. Well, that's the only correction is uh, I'm not the founder of the company. The company um, was originally Neil et al. as an associates in the 1940s. Oh, my God. 80 years old. When I bought into it sometime in the 1990s, we changed it to NWS Architects. And we got a lot of hits because that is the same thing as National Weather Service. So... And then in 1996, we started a minority company called Chardon Associates, which is a sister company of NWS Architects. And that's also about 20 years old. And the reason for that company was, um, how do I put this gently? A lot of uh, big corporations had uh, quotas, unquotas, whatever, for minority participation. And they asked us to open a company, minority company that time. So background, we are in Chicago. We are licensed in 48 states. Uh, I think 75% of our work is out of state. And at any one time, we're working in about 20 states. And give us context of size. How many architects? We have 16 architects and three locations. We have a full-time office in Phoenix. And because uh, um, since the pandemic happened, we were losing projects in California. And we brought in an architectural firm to be a sister firm in the Bay Area uh, in San Francisco, too. And we've always had the same size between 18 to 22 people, depending on how many interns are there and stuff. And um, for some reason, whatever, a lot of our projects are on the East Coast and the West Coast. We do less projects in Chicago. And our background is Sears, the large 280,000 square feet stores. Nowadays, obviously, nobody's building those big anchors. So it's a lot of junior anchors. But since the last 10 to 15 years, we've done a lot of industrial too. Uh, a lot of LEED certified industrial, um, which is a unique thing. And uh, we do offices depending on the market. So two years ago, we did over 200,000 square feet of uh, offices, law offices in the central business district of Chicago. This year, we're downsizing offices because people are not coming back to work. So it's retail, offices, industrial, and about eight churches per year too. <laughs> so that's- what what. What's the primary business? I see you at ICSC shows, connecting with you. Is your primary business retail or is it pretty equal? At the moment, it's about 65% retail, but in some years it's flipped when uh, when retail is not doing that well now, which is a funny story because for us, this kind of retail, which is not ground up, is optimum because we are a cheaper, low-cost provider and there's a lot of retail being refurbished redone, whatever. And we get a lot more work in this market as opposed to when retail is booming and new shopping malls are coming up. So for us now, you guys, DLC, 
Uh, Dollar Journal is one of our biggest clients. We do about 50 to 60 stores for them every year. They're keeping us really busy with their new prototypes and stuff too. So we do the Dollar Journal, we do the DGX and the new one that's come out also. It's it's really interesting. So what what is your, call it, you know, unique value proposition to the market? What do you think separates you and your group from, and you've been around for, you know, 80 years. What, 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 what do you think is attributed to your success and what keeps you guys in the game and, and what's different about you from everybody else? Little story on this. So I've been in this company since 84 and I bought it after nine 11, the NWS architects. Um, I've had only one job and most of our senior project managers will have been with us 10 to 15 years and they understand retail. They understand retail in the sense that they understand retail is a five-year lease or a seven and a half-year lease or a 10-year lease. So we value engineer design going in day one. That's why these kind of markets are great for us. And we also provide the other service of as-is drawings and as-built drawings for other people, including for other architects too. The BOMA numbers, you know, like you and I discussed it. I think that's how I met you through DDR because I was working a lot for DDR in those days. And we would yeah. every mall of this. Yeah, that's right. So that, that's right. That gets us a foot into the door. You know, we've measured your mall. We know your vacancies. Before you go to ISC, we do your LODs for you. Now, when you have a store, a deal to do, even if it's 10% of those LODs, we get a shot at it. I think that's what brings us into the picture more often. And the reason I mentioned that I've been here for 30 plus years is we've never had a marketing person or a business development person it's only by word of mouth, like you put it on LinkedIn or somebody recommends us or somebody leaves their job or my project managers find out what else is going on. So we have nobody doing business development and we've still been okay. We've, the last recession, we did have to lay off one person. This recession or whatever this is, we haven't let anybody go. You're in a lot of different areas of commercial real estate and you're getting you get to see things all over the country and a little inside scoop. And you mentioned one thing that was interesting that was keeping you busy on the office side, but what are you seeing in the market today? Like right now, what's happening and what type of work are you doing and what are people requesting of you? Cause I think that gives people insights of what's coming in 2021. If you're drawing it now, that means it's going to start to get approvals and be built next year. So what's happening. So it depends. Now when we work for Brookfield, uh, Chris, they're enclosed malls. We're converting a lot of their empty stores, including the JC Penney's and uh, uh, empty Sears into things, we were actually into entertainment complexes like main event and round one. Now, of course, because of the pandemic and occupancy restrictions, a lot of those are on hold. Uh, for, for your kind of retail, and we work for a couple of other companies in this area called Pine Tree and stuff. It's a lot of uh, uh, industri not industrial, but storage facilities are going on. Um, for for multi-story retail, we're putting this new concept, which is in Chicago, which is a big thing. And this is a third project, industrial kitchens. So on the first floor, or the second floor below a condo building where you had retail and offices, we're putting industrial kitchens now. And these are the ghost kitchens and Chicago is a big area for uh, food manufacturer, I guess. And because of the pandemic, again, those people can use these places for, you know, um, 
moms and pops can use a pre-registered kitchen for you already. You bake your stuff or you make your stuff and you put it in your food truck. And so, and of course, you know this and you're doing this also, a lot of our large Kmarts and stuff we've con for sterling uh, companies out of uh, Florida, we've converted into emergency healthcare centers by cutting the buildings up into smaller buildings. You know, dialysis center for you guys in Rome, New York. So medical is a big thing. And I guess my guy, in fact, we're trying to convert a large uh, theater in downtown Arlington Heights, Illinois, into a medical office because I guess their uh, assets are good and they signed long-term leases. So it's worth filling up the slope slab and all that stuff to make a medical office out of that. You mentioned earlier on <laughs> that uh, you're downsizing offices right now. So in the office market, people are hiring you to downsize offices. How how, how pervasive is that? Is that a big thing you're seeing? In, in, in the downtown Chicago area, what we call the CBD, the Central Business District, there's approximately about 800,000 plus square feet of sublease space. Uh, we are involved with, uh, we did the headquarters for a company called uh, Pure Circle, which makes uh, artificial sweetener called Stevia, something like that. Sure. They got bought over. They want to sublease their offices, just have a downtown presence. They have 45,000 square feet. They only want to keep seven. We're trying to wow. sublease it up. I think you've heard of Career Builder. In the old days, they were one of the biggest things till other guys came on board. They just built their offices last year, 110,000 square feet in downtown Chicago. The whole thing, all four floors are up for sublease now. So we're working with the JLL brokers to see if we can, you know, divide the floors up or whatever. Uh, I still don't think people are signing those leases, but they're at least looking at them. And we are doing another one for a company called Newlywed Foods, which is a big food conglomerate all over the world that I've never heard of before. Because you're getting hired to, to do these concept drawings because JLL or someone calls you and says, hey, That's right. I, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Can you make this work? I need this to, you know, get this design so that I can show it to people. And um, and that's the types of things that people are thinking. Yeah, exactly. And some labs too. Labs are coming into downtown Chicago too. So, on the retail front, are you still seeing retailers open up stores, or are retailers opening up stores, and are you drawing retail locations? So for for retail, our biggest client used to be GGP Brookfield, and then Starwood. Starwood is not doing anything anymore. They've gone. I don't know. Whatever. So for Brookfield, we have a number of uh, grocery stores, a number of cutting a portion of the mall down, trying to uh, create Costco pads. Uh, some of them have been postponed. They were supposed to start this year. Now I'm told they might get funded next year. Um, so there's a lot of cut chopping down of malls and creating big pads for people like Costco, yes. And the AMC theater thing hasn't hit yet, Brookfield, but that will happen too. We've taken like 80,000 square feet Macy's and made them into 60,000 square feet Hobby Lobbies. They have national deal with Hobby Lobbies across the country too. And I guess the uh, TJ Maxx company started something called Sierra. We're doing a couple of those. Again, all these on the boards, nothing is allowed to be started with construction yet because they're not getting funded. I mean, our fees are low, so they fund that part, but the construction has not started till, uh, won't start till next year. On the open air strip centers like we own, are you seeing a lot of people are still expanding? Uh, we're doing a lot of, facade, not a lot of, we're doing facade upgrades. 
this is the time when they want to keep the Dollar Tree or somebody else. Uh, they give us, okay, I want to spend so much per linear foot or whatever. We want to upgrade the facade and the signage for everybody else. So, that, and again, those are small projects, but a lot of even smaller developers, we're doing one in uh, uh, Bloomington, Illinois for a small developer. They have a couple of other properties in downtown Mount Prospect. There are a number of vacancies and they think this is the time to upgrade the whole facade. And again, I say we like this because you don't go to the Genslers of the world. I'm using a name now, but you don't go to the Genslers of the world when you have such small projects. You come to smaller people. So I think people my size, mid-sized firms are not doing badly. They're okay for now. So let's talk more specifically about architecture for a second. Yeah. Uh, what do you think's changing in architecture? What are hot trends today? Just, you know... Is there anything, and we can go as granular or high level as you want, is there anything in in spacing that's hot? Is there anything in, you know, types of materials that you're seeing in design? What 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 are some trends and what's going on and what are people into these days? What's what's hot? What's not? A, a lot of different things. Uh, you know, RPT, because a couple of your people work there. Yeah. Uh, so they have, this is totally left field stuff. They have a program where they want to green their malls, lead certify the malls. We're looking at that program for them. And a couple of other people are looking at that too, like Bricksmore and uh, Regency. I Again, I don't know what the ROI is on that stuff and why they're doing this. Maybe it's a marketing tool for with competition, but we're looking at some of that stuff, which is totally unique for us because retail was the last industry which wanted to be lead certified or go green because you can't really control your tenants. But that's one thing I've seen, which is new. Obviously the delivery systems are more sophisticated for a number of clients. We're doing everything in Revit and BIM so that we create a model of the stuff. We did a large project in Chicago, which finished earlier this year, which was taking an industrial facility slash retail and converting it into 67 industrial kitchens. It's called like WeWorks for Kitchens and everything was done in BIM and Revit and the construction costs were controlled much easily. I don't think we can do that a lot for a lot of developers because it depends on the sophistication of your contractors also who are coming in. And then of course, it's all the Zoom and the Microsoft Teams. Everything is going there and getting marked up there. But I don't think we are on the cutting edge. We I was on a seminar yesterday listening to virtual reality methods of you know teaming up. I, I'm still a skeptic because I believe that happens in ground up projects much easily when everybody's on the same page. When I get an existing building and I want to model it, I don't think you're going to pay me the money to do that because you don't really care about the final product. You just want the lease to happen and the tenant to start paying rent. So maybe I'm too old for this, but I'm a little skeptical about some of the delivery systems myself. Um, otherwise, uh, Every material we're using is green anyway, right? If I follow New York codes or California codes or Illinois codes or Miami, uh, Florida codes, as long as it's not Texas codes, everything I'm doing is recyclable, green, and renewable. And, and so in the past, we used to charge money for that. Now we don't because whatever we spec out is already there. Whether it's a floor tile, a ceiling tile, a carpet, it's there. Yeah, that makes total sense. One more thing, sense. solar roofs, a lot of solar roofs because you guys have a lot of roofing. Yeah. A lot of solar arrays have been put on roof. I mean, we don't do that, but they hire a third party company to put solar arrays almost everywhere. 
while Elon Musk is trying to make the roof that is solar itself rather than put solar panels on the roof. The roof is just solar itself. That'll be interesting. Uh, and it well, leak, I'm told. What's that? And I'm told it won't leak. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the biggest problem with roofs anyway. Totally. Well, that was a great market update. I really appreciate it from uh, you know the ar- architectural perspective. And over the course of time, you've been involved in a tremendous amount of stores opening. And you have a unique story in Chicago, Michigan for Uniqlo that's on Michigan Avenue. Why don't you tell us about that story, Sanjeev? Sure. It was a nightmare at that time. And actually, <laughs> Deborah Contreras, my friend from GGP, who was the developer on it, and um, I'm not putting a plug, but W and O'Neill, which was the contractor, we presented that at ICSC Center Build a year ago to our stories. So Chris, this is a Uniqlo on Michigan Avenue is a three-story store, which starts from the fourth floor, which already is an awesome thing if somebody could lease a store starting from the fourth, fifth, and sixth floors. And then it, it's got a whole atrium to it, and it's got the high-rise building codes because it's in Chicago, if, if it's above 80 feet tall, it's a high-rise building. In Chicago, you got to negotiate with the building department, with the older person, with the Michigan Avenue design board. So we came up with the conclusion that obviously the store, you're climbing up an escalator which goes four floors before you reach the base floor plan for Uniqlo, that we don't want any doors in it, but we will create a smoke evac system in the atrium where the escalators are. Sounds like a good idea. The city approved it and said, before you open the store, you have to get a smoke evac system tested and it works before we can let you open it. Um, I think it was supposed to open October 15th, October 22nd, soft opening with the mayor's office and the people from Japan. Uniqlo's owner used to be the second richest person in uh, in Japan um, that time, a year ago. So they had reps coming in for the opening of the store. Three days before the store is to open, we failed the smoke evac test. Oh, no. You know, they put the smoking machine there and they open the vents on top and the smoke doesn't rise up the atrium. Oh, um, no. Must have been the architect. Bad design. I I know who to point fingers <laughs> on, but I don't want to. So get a call. Um, what do you do? I mean, the mayor is coming and, you know, but you can't call up and say the mayor is coming, so let it go. So I start calling up my friends in the fire department. John Javorak is the head. I talk, he says, talk to the inspector who failed you. I call up the inspector on his cell phone and I'm like, hey, the mayor's coming and like, so what? I'm like, I really have to get this passed. What can I do? And he's talking to me and he's like, my wife's screaming at me. I'm talking on the cell phone while driving. I should not be talking to you. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I really apologize, sir, but what can we do? So we went down to the offices negotiated the fact that we would take another week to rectify the system the 10 days and get a smoke evac approved. Otherwise we would close the store down. But for those days, we would hire firemen on every floor to monitor that nothing happens. And within like, if the opening was at six o'clock in the evening by invite only, at about two o'clock in the afternoon, they said, okay, we'll send firemen and put them on every floor. And if they can monitor the systems, you're okay to have the opening. And uh, that was fun. Can I well, another one on that? So hold on. So you get, you get, that was just 
the invite only, didn't you still have to get the the smoke evac system to work? We did after a week. We did yes. And what was wrong with it? They they the machine they had brought to create smoke was not strong enough for a six story building. So it was like it just there was not enough smoke production. So yeah, I'm going to blame the contractor for it or whoever was doing it. They didn't create the right equipment to do the stuff. So we invited the guys back again. We had donuts and we looked at it and everything passed. Got it. Um, how concerned was Uniqlo at the time? We didn't tell Uniqlo. Only Deborah and myself were the only people who knew about this stuff. And I knew if this if this failed, it doesn't matter whose issue it is. But I would not be hired by Brookfield again after 25 years of working with them. <laughs> so, that's I had hair that time a year and a half ago. I had hair that time. And going back to getting the approvals, uh, was there anything in getting the approvals that was like the entitlements and building that was a challenge or or was that, was the city pretty receptive and excited for the use? So I know you guys don't have a property there, but Acadia does have a couple of properties there on Michigan sure. Avenue. And Michigan Avenue has a Michigan Avenue design board review thing where you have to present the drawings to them. And then they, they don't have a veto power, but they can at least tell you yes or no. So we had to show our drawings to the Michigan Avenue review board. And in Chicago, the older person carries a lot of weight. And we had to show it to the older person too and then the building department. So here's the fun part. Uniqlo, that time, claimed they were the second largest individual retailer in the world after H&M. They have a prototype. They showed us drawings of stores in Berlin and Paris and in London. And the Michigan Avenue board said they do not like the number of mannequins in the windows. They have to reduce them. How do you tell the... <laughs> a, a client that you have to reduce the mannequins inside their window. <laughs> the next, and this is on the fourth, fifth, and sixth floor, so you really can't see it. <laughs> right. And, and the deal finally was, Chris, that in Chicago, signage is counted within, I forget now, 18 inches of the window. So we had to push the mannequin six inches or 12 inches further down. Oh my and God. now it's not counted. And then we go to the older person's office, and in Chicago, the older people have to bless your drawings before the city will approve them. Unfortunately, our mayor ran into a runoff election and the older person's office closed all meetings for two months. <laughs> so it was a fun project to look bad on, but it was a lot of heartaches. We could not get a review or a sign off from the older person either. Wow. And then finally, the last issue that happened was because of all the signage that was on the building, this was a Borders and a Victoria's Secret and whatever, we were given like 150 square feet for a three-story store. And we had to get a drone hired to check all the signage to prove that we could go higher. So it, it was a lot of fun, but I think we made money on it. And uh, <laughs> that's when I met... That's how I met Sandeep, actually, for the first time. He heard about that store, and he said, hey, I like the store. Come and have a cup of chai with me. And I'm like, I drink only coffee, but I'll chat with you. Interesting. So three biggest hurdles were this smoke evac, getting the alder person to the Stuff. bless everything, and the Michigan Review Board and giving you the Design Review Board and giving Michigan Avenue Design Review Board and giving you their blessing, and they wanted the mannequins pushed back. 
they rejected us. We had to come back next time again, a month later. <laughs> and all you did was change the mannequins, how deep they were into the space. Yep. And that got the blessing. That tacit blessing, let's put it that way. Yeah. They couldn't object anymore. They couldn't object anymore. Wow. You mentioned this was at Center Build. What were some of the things at the Center Build conference that this story was highlighting? Uh, I don't know. I, basically, it wasn't just this story. It was, it was uh, I think the thing was the challenge of building something in the sky for a retailer, because you know this from the old days, uh, shopping malls have tried to put food courts on the upper levels and a lot of them fail because they're not right there in the path of travel. So this was a challenge to start a retailer from the fourth floor in a six-store building where they take the fourth, fifth, and sixth floors and making people travel up an escalator before you see anything. And, and again, Uniqlo is not a known name. It's, it's known across the world and maybe in New York has two or three stores. But when we built this, Chicago had none. So it was a challenge to attract people to come all the way in. So it, I think the topic was, uh, from the developer side, building a retail store in the sky. Huh. And then we were allowed to tell stories of, you know, the challenges that happened and stuff. So that was my well, little portion in it. But developers had a different, you know, spiel on that. Yeah, no, you had to deal with the Michigan Design Board to get it approved, the the all the alder person and the uh uh the smoky vac, which obviously is a challenge. And the smoke, you know, and some of these things are so crazy to me, like the smoky vac it worked. It was just they didn't use a strong enough thing to, to get the smoke up. And the design board was the mannequins. You just had to pull them back. And um, who would have thought, though? I, yeah, I know <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, really interesting. These are the trials and tribulations for uh, real estate development. Anyway, Sanjeev, this has been great. Uh, thanks so much for this story. We are now going to pivot to the last part of the show. Are you ready? I have one more thing to say, though. Oh, you got one more thing to say? Go ahead. I do like that vest you're wearing. I'd like one of those, please. I see. <laughs> you, oh. keep, you keep raising up and showing it to me, so I have to say that. So. Okay, got it. I will. Uh, I'll put. Uh, I'll put you on. I. I don't know. I have to check to see if you're on my naughty or nice list this year, Sanji. <laughs> right. Um, I think I saw a few invoices to approve, and this is a reimbursable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Uh. Last part of the show. Yep. Retail wisdom. Are you ready? Sure. What is your best piece of commercial real estate advice? Like everybody else, get the best location. Okay. I've heard that one before. Yeah, thanks. So original, Sanjeev. So original. Uh, second, what extinct retailer do you wish would come back from the dead? For us now? It's health clubs. We used to do all the export fitnesses. We haven't done one in a year. That's an interesting perspective. I don't think they're extinct yet, but uh, I think health clubs are still here. But uh, I, 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 I appreciate the, the context. Last question. That's a tough one, right? This is a tough one. One of the hottest products, gift ideas this year for Christmas are the Starscope monoculars. It's like these... One, you know, like a binocular, but one, and people use them for hunting and hiking and outdoor recreation. So they've been a hot item because, you know, in a pandemic, people are hiking and doing all these outdoor things. Hey, have you stayed in Chicago ever? There's no hiking allowed here, by the way. There's no space to hike. Anyway, go ahead. What does 
one of those retail for star scope monocular How about 139 bucks it's regularly 79.98 right now it's 47.99 you should get on their website and buy yourself one but thank you for playing what am i going to do with it <laughs> it's a good gift idea good <laughs> chris i just got your gift in the mail i want my rest <laughs> all right man well listen sanjeev this was great i really appreciate it Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Retail Retold. If you want to share a story about a retail real estate deal that you were a part of on our show, please reach out to us at retailretold at dlcmgmt.com. This show highlights the stories behind the deals from all perspectives. So it doesn't matter if you are a retailer, broker, entrepreneur, architect, or an attorney. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Retail Retold so you don't miss out on next Thursday's episode.